Welcome back to another episode of the Bees and Honey podcast. Today we'll be speaking with Dr. Arshia Lukandwala. I hope I haven't uh, butchered her name, but she will say it again for you uh, in the course of the interview. I hope you enjoy this. She has a lot to say about the Indian art market and about Indian contemporary art. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Arshia. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking this time to talk to us before uh, you head back to Mumbai. Thank you so much for your kind invitation. Yeah, so tell us uh, what you're currently working on. I know you're an independent curator, art historian, art consultant, and you're an educator, and you live between New York and Mumbai. How has this time been spent in New York? Well, um, it's been pretty challenging uh, in a lot of ways, but also very good and therapeutic. Uh, I've been here two months and, uh, you know, as you know, um, New York has been, uh, you know, a lot of friends are not meeting and also it seems kind of risky uh, to venture out uh, into museums. So it's been kind of quite uh, amazing, actually. Um, I've been writing uh, lots of ideas and I've always found New York um, is a space that really inspires me. And um, so um, actually this kind of silence has been really nourishing. And uh, I think lots of good ideas and projects are going to come out of it. Lovely. So what have you been writing about, if you don't mind me asking? So uh, one of the things that I've just uh, written for the Indian magazine Art India, um, there was the Trinale, which was curated by Rux Media Collective in Japan. And uh, this took place uh, from June till October. And unfortunately, even the curators couldn't, couldn't visit the exhibition. So I've written a review for it, which was really interesting uh, because um, the whole show was also kind of, uh, it was almost uncanny, uh, though they started working on this three months, uh, three years ago, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that they had curated the show, it, it was almost like they were, you know, expecting something to actually take place. So, um, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to kind of read the material and review it. And lots of ideas for me, which have kind of come through from this writing, uh, particularly mm-hmm. a project that I am kind of trying to work on now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just beginning to work on it and I think it's going to be really exciting, Nicolette. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that we have entered what we call the Aquarius age. So yes. um, it takes almost 2000 years and we've been in a Piscean age. And uh, so it takes time to you know transition into the Aquarius age. So my show is called the Age of Aquarius. And mm-hmm. um, it's a show that I'm going to be putting online. It will be on... Uh, probably next month sometime. But um, the idea being uh, the age of Aquarius, is, as, as you know, Aquarius is a sign of water, but it's also creative energy. It's about humanity. It's about people coming together. And it's mm-hmm. also about technology, which we have seen very evidently. Uh, mm-hmm. A kind of connection, but essentially a new age. So I'm going to proposition and I'm inviting a lot of artists based out of Mumbai, New York. And also, mm-hmm. essentially, the show is not um, geographic. It's an online show, but it's looking mm-hmm. at something very, very interesting, collecting, um, you know. So I often think that the artists are like shamans. They are psychic. They have the energy mm-hmm. of what is going to come. So I'm actually appealing and we're going to do a lot of talks. 
So I'm kind of seeing this as an exhibition, which I will be putting online, but I'm also seeing it as a series of talks and uh, maybe, um, you know, uh, performances that the participating artists and other people will bring through. So it's called the Age of Aquarius and mm -hmm. I'm developing it. And I don't think it would have come if I was not in New York at this particular time. Also, the time that we're all feeling so vulnerable and sensitive, but also sensing that change needs to come through. And what are the kind of changes that we would like? Yes. And can you mention some of the artists that might be in the exhibition? So I've just started working on it, but I have some confirmations. There is Shorya Kumar, who is teaching at the Art Institute of Chicago. There is Sharnashta Ray, who is New York-based. Um, then there is Samantha Batra, who is also based uh, out of New York. And there is Anita Dubey, who is a very, very prominent artist from India. Um, also the curator of the Kochi Biennale and Mithu Sen from New Delhi. So I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I can expect works which are dealing with a tarot, psychic energy, constellation, uh, you know, astronomy, astrology, but also kind of looking and digging into ourselves. So I think, um, um, I don't know if you know this, Nicolette, but I'm really partial to large-scale shows and I always take on something um, more challenging than I can do. I'm always yeah. wanting to do that. And uh, so for me, um, I'm looking at this as a one-year project, which will be online, but I'm also looking mm -hmm. at inviting a lot of people who, you know, um, who are interested in the healing and different therapies. And I feel, you know, it's also a kind of... Um, uh, path forward for me and uh, one thing that I do as a curator I really can't do a show unless I'm really really inspired and after a long time actually it's been a year that I'm actually feeling that this is what I have to do it's the next step it's also learning but it's also a way of giving back uh, because um, you know everything will be online for people to come in to share and you don't have to be an artist to participate in the show so it's called the yeah. I mean, I love the title. It's just kind of after a long time, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I love everything you just spoke about. You know, for me, uh, every all those subjects are very dear to my heart, and I'm I can't wait to see what you manage to do with that show. So I'm going to bring you on to do something. You know, a performance, and you know, because it's a it's a platform. I'm trying to create uh, Nicolette with this a community. You know, so it's there's no kind of othering, which everybody's a part of. And I'd love you to also think about what you could. You know, it could be a prayer, it could be a psychic read, it could be anything you want. But please, to come and participate, and you know, kind of grow together. So it is a community I'm trying to build. And um, so it's exciting because I've never worked on a project which is like this. And uh, it's always, uh, you don't know how it's going to go. But the thing is, when the energy is, is right, it always works. So I'm so excited that you like the idea. And so do let me know some thoughts you have. I will. I will. And before this, you had a gallery for some time in Mumbai. And so tell us how you started that gallery, the exhibitions you did and the artists that you worked with there. So um, I was actually, um, you know, ex-advertising and I, my dad had the real estate in, you know, North Bombay on the main road. So that was a location. I was really fortunate to have a location for a gallery. And um, I was India's youngest gallerist. Uh, I, I opened, um, you know, with a very prominent show and uh, India's uh, Picasso, so to speak. His name is M.F. Hussain. So he, he inaugurated my gallery. And... Um, so I, uh, 
it was a very very exciting time it was actually pre globalization in india before everything kind of opened up and i was a little uh, i was a small space and i was showing the avant garde so what i did differently is i exhibited artists who were actually my age and who were working with new material new and, and that time there was an explosion of new uh, media as well photography just coming into being and video a lot of experimentation with paper rice paper all of that so it was a very very exciting time but uh, i um, per se uh, i am somebody who is always wanting to grow and um, so i think it really affected the way um, that i curate because i really curate very much from the heart i really need to feel the concepts and because i'm coming from the field of advertising i think the way i approach things is kind of different and uh, at that time in india there was no art history at all i mean we never studied art history and we still don't in school and nobody knew what a curator was um, seriously so you know i just started putting up exhibitions and it was an amazing moment for me because i was really lucky to have um in the suburbs um some very senior artists who came to visit me including tayab mehta akbar padamsi who kind of nurtured me gave me lots of ideas and um about how to run a gallery and in a way my gallery was a place um where everybody hung out so we had like endless cups of tea especially also the younger generation showing showcasing the artist shilpa gupta amongst others um, mm -hmm. also so um, a very very good moment and uh, it there was a lot of innocence in the kind of work that we did and one did it for really the true reasons of art the commerce came so much second this is before mm -hmm. the market really you know kind of plummeted and went up and uh, then um i had this gallery for 5 years which was in north bombay and my gallery name is called lakire lakire mm -hmm. in urdu and hindi means lines and mm -hmm. that i had it was because i don't believe in boundaries so i look at it in terms of the rhizome line mm -hmm. connect and therefore my program has always been um you know sa uh, national you know the nation state so mm -hmm. um it also led me very much to i uh, had the opportunity to uh, participate in okwi and visas documenta in uh, uh in castle uh, you know uh, i had also i got a scholarship to go to london to do a master in goldsmiths before that and i met an amazing historian sarat maharaj and he invited me to uh, participate in the documenta as the education program so it was a huge influence and okwi also being one of the first black curators to actually work and see such a large exhibition take place mm -hmm. so, you know really influenced me and um, then i was invited to um, go to cornell university to do a phd uh, mm -hmm. uh, under um, you know professor salah hasan who um, has been you know a tremendous influence and uh, so i did my phd and then i went back to mumbai and i reopened my gallery in kulaba which is the south mumbai location this is in 2010 and mm -hmm. I, uh, it was up and running till 2017 and uh, i did like several so i think i've done over 200 shows in both the gallery spaces that i have but wow. uh, yeah so it's been constantly lots of doing lots of invention um you know and um, programming and uh, i felt that um, you know at that time that i had done what i had to do and i had to take a break and um, i had the opportunity to also work in mumbai uh, in this very large gallery 
which is called Gallery Odyssey, which is 6,000 square foot and an incredible space in Midtown. Mm-hmm. And I curated two mm-hmm. very important shows for them. One is based on, it's called The, the Gift, um, you know, Given Time. The Gift mm-hmm. Offerings, and it's based on Derrida's idea of the gift, that if I give you a gift, it already demands a return gift. The only thing, it gives you time to return the gift. So I uh, invited 12 eminent artists from India, including Nikhil Chopra, uh, Jyotish Kalat, Anita Dube, Mithu Sen, Shilpa Gupta, Shorya Kumar, uh, Rux Media, amongst others. And mm-hmm. Very, very successful. And I'm very happy to say that the show is going to come to New York, Icon Gallery. And most likely in April 15th is the date. It would be another version of the gift show. So the works would be, many of the artists are reworking the works, but I think it would be really, really promising. So I'm hoping that you will be able to visit um, and see this uh, really beautiful show, which is talking about giving. And I think uh, given the fact that we are living through this very difficult time, even the gift of life is really something one can't take for granted. Absolutely, absolutely. And you also worked at some point in an institution, the Queen's Museum. How was the time there? And do you have some other stories about memorable experiences Um, on exhibitions there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Queen's Museum show, um, uh, you know, I it took seven years because the museum was being, uh, you know, completely redone and uh, to actually have the show. um, And as you know, Queen's is a location. It's like, um, you know, um, not in Manhattan. And uh, one understood many, many things about about the exhibition, but it was a, a delightful show to work on and very, very exciting for me because um, uh, what I did is, and this is what I try to do, I'm a very specific curator. I um, I will always propose something that I don't know or which has been, been defined as such. So the show was called After Midnight and it looked at two mm-hmm. moments of Indian history. One were the masters, mm-hmm. they're called the progressives. And the reason is uh, the show is called After Midnight is after Salman Rushdie's, um, you know, very famous novel, uh, Midnight's Children. And in that book, mm-hmm. uh, Rushdie actually looks at the generation uh, that is born in the year that India got independence, 1947. So I'm using this as a year, and uh, uh, which is a very, very important period for the progressive artists that um, eight of them who had, uh, which, who I invited for this exhibition, and interestingly, most of them, are, you know, have passed and, you know, have moved on. But these eight artists that I chose to select from the progressive, uh, they had a connection with New York City. They all had a Rockefeller grant or in some way was connected with it. And all the works that I had in that show were New York loans. So um, very specific uh, history of New York. And um, mm-hmm. another thing which I think people haven't really noted is uh, New York City, uh, all these artists that I'd shown, five of them had, uh, after coming to New York, something about their work changed. So I talked about the avant-gardeness of New York and the work. Mm-hmm. For example, Tayab Mehta, um, he's a painter and he made this one film. The only film that he made after New York, coming to New York, is called Kudal, which was also shown. So talking about the influence of New York City. So I think it was a very special show in a lot of ways. So I juxtapose this exhibition with contemporary, you know, 20 contemporary artists who, um, so the second moment that I looked at, so one moment was 1947 and the second being um, 
1997. The reason I took this was two reasons. One is it commemorated 50 years of India's independence, and mm -hmm. it was the year. It was the year globalization started. So artists like Subodh Gupta and others, um, they all got residencies to go abroad, and you know things started opening up and the work started changing. So it was yes. two moments of globalization because the progressives, they also, um, you know, in the early 50s, most of them left India, like F.N. Souza, uh, S.H. Raza, all of them, they lived in the U.S. and they moved on. Uh, uh, Raza, of course, in Paris. Uh, but uh, in the same way, um, this generation, the avant-garde, the, the contemporary artists that I'm looking, like Rux Media, they're all looking at globalization. So... Um, it was a it's a show with juxtaposed two very unlikely moments, and I I think it works. So um, yeah, very very exciting. Um, following which, it actually um, you know gave me um, the courage to work on another large scale show which followed. Um, so I have worked on on a lot of national shows. So including, of course, this one after midnight and the show after that, um, which I did in 19, um, 2017 in the same space, the Gallery Odyssey, which was called India Rewalded 70 Years of Investigating a Nation. So a uh, huge show. I, I did the show in four months, so uh, completely crazy, inviting 70 artists. And what I did was... Um, uh, so commemorating 70 years of India's independence and each artist had one year. So one year of the lifetime of the uh, year. So it was kind of quite ludicrous. I had to, because there were 25 new commissions. So each artist had to choose a year. So for example, Atul Dodia, the very prominent painter, um, he chose the year 1947. So that year was given to him. So I had 70 years, like it was like a calendar show and uh, many new commissions and each work had a vortex. So, um, if you walk through the exhibition, you could actually feel and understand what happened in India at every moment and time in its history. Wow, that sounds amazing. I have to look that up because I, I wasn't really uh, aware of the extent of the show. Sure, I'll also have a, a video to show you. I mean, because it was a large exhibition and, uh, you know, um, pretty, uh, probably my most challenging. So I think now I'm ready for the number 100. Yeah, which is thinking yes. for the age of Aquarius. I don't know if I can do it off. I, um, I don't know. I think it's also interesting as a curator to work with. Uh, it really pushes your boundaries in terms of thinking um, and taking the next step in terms of how you can, like, um, you know, take these ideas further. So always there for the challenge. Absolutely. And how has this COVID crisis affected India's art market? And how has it affected you personally in terms of showing art and uh, selling art or maybe just uh, planning new exhibitions? I know you spoke about the one that you're working on right now, but how has it affected people in your country, um, so, like in Mumbai? So um, I, uh, from whatever I've understood, so I don't really have a physical gallery now. I'm working as an art consultant. And there is, um, you know, fairly good interest in terms of the art market. And I can say that speaking to my colleagues as well who have galleries, I think uh, people are buying art and they are actually buying art in a more peaceful and um, at good price points. So I think, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the market for the moderns, that is the masters, is like going through the roof. Uh, also because people don't have different ways of investing um, at this current point of time. 
So it's doing really well. And um, I'm told that even the contemporary artists are selling. So I'm very happy to hear this in India. No galleries are folded up and uh, people are doing well. And hopefully collectors have a little more time uh, to spend and look at art, uh, you know, more closely. So I think it's going good. Uh, some of my projects have, uh, you know, of course, got cancelled and postponed. So, um, which is definitely to be expected. But I feel, um, okay. on the whole, uh, it's rather positive, and uh, you know, things are just kind of uh, the 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 grid is kind of getting stronger. The networks are there, and uh, I think there's really nothing to worry about. It is a moment. The um, one of the things that I feel which is really interesting is it's the first time the entire world, the entire world is on the same page and feeling the pain. Normally you have war and you know you have some issues in a certain country, but it's never been that everybody is feeling this. And I think this is the very critical thing about this moment. And uh, I'd love to know what's happening in New York City. I haven't had a chance to you know actually venture out or speak to a lot of people. But I do believe that, um, you know, um, the rents are very, um, you know, it's kind of problematic and a lot of the smaller galleries are folding and I'm sad to hear it, but I'm sure that they will reinvent, you know, maybe that is what is expected at this time. Wow, I never thought of it, but it's true. It's the great equalizer, this COVID crisis in some ways. But yes, you know, so many uh, storefronts are empty. I imagine the landlords will have to figure some affordability uh, discussions with future clients like new galleries young galleries absolutely and where do you see contemporary indian art heading uh, right now i mean you're going back to mumbai when tomorrow? i am actually so where do you see who is coming up now who are the young guys or what are they into what are they doing what's their, so, uh, what's their yeah so actually i'm going in time for uh, in mumbai uh, there is something called the mumbai gallery weekend and it's going to take place, I think, around the 16th of January. So where all the galleries in Mumbai, they kind of come together collectively and put out the most spectacular shows, get collectors, and also it's still happening. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. sure that, you know, people will be wearing a mask, but it's the most exciting time to visit. So um, I think there's, um, you know, um, some new galleries which have come up. I haven't seen them yet. And uh, mm -hmm. there is a lot of fresh blood and that's the way the art should be because, you know, you need to constantly reinvent yourself and um, say for me as well, uh, you know, I need to find uh, new ways and new challenges as, uh, to grow further. And um, but I can say the, the future of Indian art is extremely bright. There are some very, very good artists. And I think um, what's also interesting is uh, a lot of now, um, uh, I can just speak for America, American institutions are buying um, Indian artists. Uh, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. play, a thing to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's great for galleries. But it's also the fact that it speaks about the development and the richness of Indian art, and um, which is really, um, you know, uh, I think in a way, Indian art... Um, and I can speak for Indian art and Pakistani art as well. It's no less than anything mm -hmm. which is Western. Uh, it's unfortunate that um, it's always been that the West has been in a position to judge us. But uh, in a way, the kind of the, the strength of the work itself is just on par and there's nothing less or more. So I think we have a very good, strong market for Indian art in India. And now it's growing in the U.S. And hopefully, um, uh, you know, you will see it also in my exhibition, the Given Time show at the Icon Gallery. So, Lovely. Okay, so I'll definitely look out for that. 
So is there anything else you wanted to add? I might not have asked something. Maybe uh, you have an idea or I don't know. Anything else? Well, um, I'd love to actually hear back. And I mean, if there is uh, any of the listeners would like to connect with me, um, I can give you my email. It's um, lakire at gmail. That's L-A-K-E-E-R-E-N at gmail.com. I'd love to hear back from you. And uh, just to let you know that I'm, I am open for collaborations, uh, for curating, for, uh, you know, for lectures and all of that. And also, um, um, as you know, I teach a class in South Asian feminism at the Art Institute of Chicago. So I'm also a teacher. So if there are any possibilities for us to work together, I would love to hear from you. Lovely. Well, thank you so much again and safe travels. I can't wait to speak to you offline about your project. Uh, thank you so much, Nicola. It was so uh, wonderful to, uh, you know, connect with you again and look forward to seeing you very soon. Yes, take care. Have yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for this. But, yes, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to Dr. Arshia Lokandwala discuss the contemporary art world in India and all the amazing work she's done with Indian contemporary artists. Join us again soon for another episode of the Peace and Honey podcast. 